Welcome back to episode four of Two Nicks Talk Sports. I'm um, Nick Minocchio, here with Nick St. Lawrence. You! Operating out of location two this evening. Um, we're here to cover wild week four out of the NFL this week. Ton of injuries. Injuries to galore. cover. Um, some wild matchups. Patriots somehow going to overtime with Green Bay on their third quarterback. Um, we're going to get started a little different this week. Uh, we're going to get started with the NBA. A few topics that we wanted to cover, and then we'll hop over to the NFL. Um, but first, you know, get the pleasantries out of the way. How are we doing this evening, Nick? Good, man. Uh, happy to be here. Again, uh, podcast uh, number uh, four, which is exciting. Um, another week to talk about sports, and it's that time of year. Uh Football started and basketballs, you know, are right around the corner. Both uh, the Friars as well as the Celtics, so I'm pretty excited. And Celtics had their first preseason game on Sunday, uh, and they look sharp, man. Uh, they won over the Charlotte Hornets, 134 to 93. I mean, do you take a look at that game? What, what were your thoughts? Celtics look good. Um, we, I mean, we were talking about this a little bit before, but the minute breakdown of the game was was interesting. Um, I'm not sure if a lot of this will carry over, you know, to the regular season, but the um, the the breakdown of of the bench was interesting. The 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 starters minutes and and who was playing, um, I think was was the big story. I think the Jays looked good. Tatum and Brown both looked good. Um, same with these this evening. The Celts are actually live playing right now at the half, um, looking good. And I think the uh, the the story is going to be who the, who ends up starting and who ends up the sixth man's you know seventh man first guys off the bench for the Celts right now with no Williams you know um, they're going to need a center I think they're going to lean on Horford earlier in the season but you know is that is that first guy off the bench going to be Grant Williams is it going to be Derek White is it going to be Brogdon who's going to start that type of stuff so um, the games haven't given us that answer as of yet but so far um they're looking good yeah i definitely uh couldn't agree more uh like what i see out of both jalen brown and jason tatum as expected um brogdon had a really good game uh game one he's playing uh pretty well again tonight um the minute breakdown was was interesting we had talked about this off air last last week like who we thought was going to be the starting five and who we thought was going to be coming off the bench uh last week tatum horford smart white and brown were the starters uh leaving grant williams and um brogdon to come off the bench i don't know if that's the way that the cookie's going to crumble once the season starts um but you know uh brogdon still was uh tied for first in minutes played so even if he does come off the bench it seems like you know if this is the way that they're going to work this um you know he's going to be heavily involved so uh, i'm excited uh just don't want to see any of these guys get hurt prior to the season but uh man excited yeah i think if they make it through the preseason healthy that everyone will be happy um same starting lineup tonight tatum horford smart white brown brogdon off the bench grant williams off the bench i i, I would assume that's what they're going to go with 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 what missoula is going to go with um i i don't like white in the starting lineup, I'd rather have Brogdon start personally. Uh, I think that puts Smart in a better spot, kind of off the ball. If Brogdon plays point to start, and then you can bring White in off the bench, but 
we'll see how that goes. I mean, defensively gives them their opponents going to be it's going to give them nightmares when they match the way that they're going to match up, especially with Brown and Tatum kind of being able to guard hopefully some of the bigger guys. My one issue early on in the season is is going to be can Horford hold up playing the five without Williams there to supplement off the bench. No Gallinari. Is Blake Griffin going to be able to give them minutes for an extended period of time? You know, Vonleys look decent so far. Um, just what that's going to look like, you know, with their forwards off the bench. They, they, I don't think earlier on in the season they can put too much on Tatum and Brown. It's going to be a long season, so just get get through as healthy as they can. So um, that's going to be my one one thing to look out for is what that rotation is going to look like and. I guess who's gonna who's gonna start who's gonna come off the bench? Yeah, I I think um, they were talking about preserving Al Horford's minutes. So now we're slim at big man, and now Luke Cornett's right. got a sprained ankle. Yeah. How you know, are they so do that? they they got to figure it out. I think they're gonna be playing more small ball, but that means that Grant Williams is really gonna have to um, you know earn earn his uh, contract, and he's gonna have to you know spread the floor if we're playing you know small ball and be able to knock down those threes like he was you know late last year and um and he's going to have to you know play some you know quality minutes and i think like you said Noah Vonley i think he's actually going to get some minutes um you know he was a a pretty good prospect you know um earlier in his career and just hasn't really uh panned out but i'm excited to have him i think he can actually uh he can defend like one through five so we'll see but uh either way uh i'm excited for the season just wanted to cover the celtics prior to getting into football they're gonna jump right into it um game one so they open up with the 76ers at home i mean no better test than mb they've played well over you know the past few seasons but again williams has played him well how horford's going to do against him alone uh he could get worn down or fall in fall trouble pretty easy so that's going to be something that they're going to have to watch out for i know it's just one game but it's going to be a, a good litmus test right off the bat um and see how they match up with maxi and, and harden but Thibel's played them well um has kind of made a nightmare for brown and tatum when when he plays either of them so that's going to be an interesting uh interesting game to kick off the season in uh, about two weeks, coming up quick. Yeah. So that, um, go ahead. There's uh there's a bunch of other games going on tonight and um, other stuff that will uh, that will eventually cover. But one of the 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 prime games that were on last night was the uh, G League game, which is not common that a G League game is going to get any sort of hype at all. But the the future number one, number two picks of the NBA draft played. So Victor Wenbanamya uh, played Scoot Henderson in the G League matchup. Now, I'll be the first to acknowledge I've never seen either of these guys play outside of YouTube highlights. Um, Wenbanyama looks like a video game character, height all the way up, weight all the way down. Um, someone that you would make, you know, just to goof around in 2K. Um, he is... A hell of a shooter, seven four, seven five. I don't know what he weighs, but he's skinny as hell. I don't know how he's going to pan out in the NBA, but the tank is already going to be on for these two guys. Um, there was like a playoff type atmosphere to watch these two kids play last night. Yeah, I think uh, you know you're, you're seeing uh, the G League actually stop 
started to be like a stepping stone for the NBA, almost on the same level as college. You got these guys that are going to the G uh, League over going to you know universities, and you know they're getting drafted in, in the lottery, and they're actually panning out. So. Um, I mean, that, we, we that, went through the top 10, top 12 picks, and there was six or seven of them out of the top 12 in a in a you know in a mock draft or in a you know a big board from ESPN that were playing in the G League. They're yeah. they're no longer at Kentucky. They're no longer at Duke. Even though those guys are gonna, those schools are still gonna get some of these guys. Um, but these 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 guys decided to go to the G League, and you know I guess the legit route to get paid. I don't know what they make in the G League, but. They have to get paid pretty well, I would imagine, if they're going there over college. Yeah, I mean, even even the other process that we looked at in the you know top twelve, they were all freshmen. So like, there's no you know um, you know sophomores, juniors, or seniors that you know are left as top prospects for the upcoming draft. So it should be uh, interesting. Um, but we wanted to cover that. Uh, Scoot Robinson was the other uh, high pro- high prospect in uh, this battle, and uh, he looked pretty electric too. Um, so I, I, I'm a I'm excited for basketball, um, but we just wanted to cover that because you're going to hear those names all year, Scoot Robinson and Victor Wembanyama. Scoot Henderson. Oh, Henderson. Sorry, Henderson. not Robinson. Um, yeah, they both played They both played well. Uh, Henderson's a, I wouldn't call him a smaller guard by any means, stocky as, as can be. He went at Wembanyama, uh, you know, like he was his own height and, and had no issues doing it. So it, he, to me... Is going to be whoever gets the first pick. Obviously, is going to take this Victor kid because he's seven four, seven five, and <clears throat> you know looks like a freak. This other kid could end up being a better player. I mean, with the Chet Holmgren pick from this year, you know these tall, skinny guys. Can they pan out? Can they last in the league? Can they, you know, go up and down and play forty minutes a game and avoid injury? Avoid injury and play the bigger you know, bigger names in the sport and, and hang. Um, I feel like the guards have it a lot easier than the big men. The big yeah. men just, they're, they're going to get a lot more contact. Injuries are just going to be more common with them than, than is going to be with the guards. The guards just have an easier time. You can't touch any of these kids anymore. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how both of them play for the season. If they play the entire season in the G league. I mean, I, my guess is they're not going to play full games. It's going to get wrapped up pretty quick. Um, I don't. I don't think they'll put either of them out there for you know 30, 40 games at a time either. So, true. Um, we'll see. But we'll cover some of these guys as uh, as the season goes through, and obviously as the NBA season picks up, you know, towards opening night, which is the 18th, we'll uh, we'll start covering some of these teams probably more in the Eastern Conference because that's where the Celts are. Um, but we'll jump over to. The NFL and the week that was uh, week four, it was a wild, wild week. There wow. was injuries um, everywhere, starting with Thursday Night Football. Um, everyone saw the injuries. If they didn't see it Thursday night, they heard about it on a Friday morning. It was all over the news. It was all over everywhere. Um, you know, Tua getting carted off the field. It was a horrendous, horrendous injury after the week before where – he didn't have a concussion, but he ended up with a concussion on Thursday night. Um, Miami got waxed pretty much. They couldn't do much with Cincy in the fourth quarter. Um, Cincy started off the season pretty slow, but I think they're in a much better spot now, you know, going home two and two. 
Yeah, um, definitely. I mean, they they could easily be three and one. I mean, they, yes, they, they they they. That first game versus the Steelers, they should have probably never uh, lost. Um, I will say that since he's D, even before uh, Tua went out, was looking pretty decent. Um, uh, but when Bridgewater took over after that horrific injury, he was just uh, outmatched. I mean, he just looked slow. Um, he looked like he wasn't ready for the moment. They stated that, you know, he always, you know, uh, since the last time this has happened and he got thrown into, you know, um, a game – uh, after an injury that uh, he'd always be prepared but he didn't look prepared when, when you know from the eye test that I watched uh, he was you know throwing behind his receivers overthrowing his receivers unenthrowing his receivers he just uh, he just didn't look good um, Waddle disappeared when he came in I think he ended up with Waddle ended up with five targets two for 39 but nothing like he was weeks prior with Tua um, Tyree Kale still had a monster game could have had an even bigger game if if Bridgewater could have hit him on a, a few of the deep balls. He just doesn't have the arm for these guys, especially because they're the burners and they want to be down the field. Um, I think it's going to be a big, big time change for them moving forward with Bridgewater. It's it's just going to be different. Yeah. You know, not that Tua had the strongest arm in the world, but he was slinging it and getting it to these guys. Um, and then on the flip side, Cincinnati just getting back to what they wanted to do. You know, Burrow only sacked once. No turnovers. Uh, Mixon looked okay. He, I mean, he, he didn't have a, a burst or anything like that, but he, he looked okay on the ground. He ended up with a TD that kind of salvaged his day. Um, T. Higgins, a monster, monster day coming off of the week prior where we thought he was severely injured on the field. Yeah, I mean, it's wild, the, the tale of the tape here, right? Because last week uh, we talked about it. Actually, you talked about it uh, when we were covering this game last week. He went out with a back injury, but he was stumbling, you know, looked like he was concussed at the time, gets cleared, comes back in the game, and then he plays. You know, whereas T. Higgins got knocked out of the game, thought the dude was, he was knocked out cold. you know, uh, you know, in a Disney movie or something with, you know, Tweety Birds on his head. <laughs> he was and, knocked out and, cold. And then... You know, and he was coming up. That that would have been his second concussion in, um, you know, three weeks. I didn't think he would have had any chance of playing this game. And here he comes in, seven receptions, 124 yards, and a TD. Um, Joe Mixon, again, um, I'm glad that you brought him up. He's getting the bulk of the work. He didn't really um, do anything with the bulk, but they do trust him. 24 carries. Yeah, so, ton of um, and on the flip side, um, Raheem Mostert looks like you know he's the man to own from a fantasy perspective in that backfield um, over Chase Edmonds. Edmonds should have um, had two touchdowns in this game. He did have one when uh, Teddy Bridgewater first came in, but he should have had the uh, opening touchdown of the game too. He, it went through his hands. Yeah, he dropped. Um, but only five carries. So I mean, hard to trust this guy in your starting lineup and you know just you know, hoping for touchdowns every week, especially if two is not playing. I don't know. That's uh, he's going to be a dangerous uh, start moving forward. Um, and Tyree Kill, like you said, monster game. Fourteen targets, ten for one sixty. Um, one thing I will say though is Edmonds does get some of the goal line work, which is I guess makes him you know somewhat of an appeal, and he does get the passing down back. So, um, yeah. Move on from them. The uh, the London game, which was the early Sunday morning game, probably could have fucked some people because Kamara got. Ruled out, what, you know, an hour before the game, whatever it was, um, an early start. Some people might not have been up to been able to get him out of the lineup, so on and so forth. Um, 
he probably could have made a difference in this game, but Latavius Murray came in, looked good. Mark Ingram had a little bit of burst, too. Like, they still ran the ball. 32 years old, killing it. Yeah, they still ran the ball decent. Um, New Orleans looked okay. Dalton looked better than I thought he was going to, for sure. No interceptions, only sacked twice. He got the ball out quick. Uh, Callaway had a bunch of targets. Olave had a bunch of targets and another touchdown. Looking really good. The Saints aren't going to be, you know, the prettiest team in the world, but they're going to stay in a lot of games because they're an overall decent team and their decent their defense is going to give them a chance. Um, I don't know what is up with Winston and his back. I know he has like four broken backs. I don't really understand how he was even playing football to begin with, but finally got ruled out this week. Um, you know, Dalton actually might be a better option for them going forward because Winston is a turnover machine. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna be a you know a 500 team moving forward. Nothing crazy out of them. Yeah, I mean uh, the Red Rocket actually uh, was better than I anticipated as well. I think um, he's more well rounded uh, than Winston. Winston's more like a deep threat, and that's um, I I own Alave in, in in one league, and he's their deep ball guy. So I wasn't sure how that was gonna pan out with Dalton. Um, I was excited that if Kamara played, he'd probably finally uh, emerge as get a bunch some, of the dump yeah, offs and stuff. Yeah, he yeah. he he actually blossomed uh, into the number one pick that uh, you know, a lot of people picked uh, with him. But unfortunately, uh, uh, he was ruled out again. Like you said, Latavius Murray uh, signed off that practice squad earlier that day. Eleven carries, fifty-seven yards, and a TD. And you know, um, he looked good. Um, he was you know uh, breaking decent runs. You know, uh, one after the other. Um, it was it was good to see Chris Olave uh, again gets in the end zone again. Had seven targets, four for sixty-seven. Uh, we talked about it earlier uh, last week. Um, Dalvin Cook, another guy that went out with injury last week. They said it was a separated shoulder. Uh, I guess um, they stated it was only partially separated. This way. Uh, I guess the chance for re-injury wasn't as high, but the guy got a ton of work. I mean, 20 carries on the ground, 76 yards, um, and a few uh, receptions uh, as well, two for 10, um, which is is good to see if you're a Cook owner because I thought for sure that uh, he might play one uh, drive and come out of the game, and he didn't. So first drive of the game too, he went right up the middle. I I, I don't know the guy's name from New Orleans, but the middle linebacker who was a stud from New Orleans, he met Cook in the hole. And Cook put his shoulder right into him, and you could tell they were both talking shit each other to each other right after the play. And Cook got right back up, and they gave him the ball again. So he obviously isn't injured. Um, Minnesota, from a Minnesota standpoint, I mean their key to success is obviously getting Justin Jefferson the ball. He looked like he was just running wide open all over the place again. But also Thielen, if Thielen can get can get out and and get the targets that he was getting, and also you know, give them that almost like you know, first down production that, that he was giving them on third down. I think he had three or four third down catches that gave them first downs. I mean, that'll be huge for them. They have a, they have a good offense overall. And you know, Cousins looks like he's you know, at least competent right now, which is good. Yeah, I mean, definitely good to have Thielen getting involved uh, in the um... – in the passing game, he's kind of... He was non-existent yeah. weeks prior. And, and just, it just makes it better for the whole team. I mean, it's going to be better for the run game. It's going to be better for Jefferson. It's going to be better for everyone if they get him involved. So um, they get a lot of mouths to feed. So uh, trying to just force feed Jefferson all the time is not a recipe for success. But, you know, spreading the rock around is definitely the way to go. And, uh, I mean, they're 3-1. So uh, we'll see. But uh, moving on to the next game. 
um, at one o'clock at the Browns Falcons. Um, Miles Garrett decided to, you know, uh, he was had the need for speed in his, uh, in his Porsche prior to this game, flipped his car a bunch of times, and uh, he, uh, I don't think he played, right? Uh, he did not yeah, play. I think no, he was he out. Was, um, he was, um, he was visiting Henry Ruggs in prison, I'm pretty sure. Uh, no, he was released from the hospital, but he didn't play. I don't know if he's going to play. They said he had a, something wrong with his bicep and his shoulder, and his the, the car was wild. The pictures of the car was, was wild. Um, the Falcons play another exciting game. I will have to say, Mariota looked horrendous. They're, they're a week closer to moving on from him, would be my guess. The, um, the rookie Ritter is going to have a shot at some point. The problem is Atlanta won the game. So they're two and two. It's tough to make a, I, I, I guess a, a quarterback change after a win, but they ran the ball really well. Two hundred and two yards on the ground as a team is wild. Six yards a carry almost. I mean that's that's going to get it done. But eventually, if they get behind in a game, they're not going to be able to just continually run the ball over and over and over again. Um, Cordero Patterson uh, to IR, which is good news for all three of my fantasy teams that have him on there. Um, Tyler Algier took over. Caleb Huntley looked good. They're both going to get a shot. I don't know how that's going to split up. Algier being the rookie and and, um, looking good, and he's got a lot of the preseason hype from a fantasy perspective. So interested to see how he does moving forward. Yeah, I mean, uh, honestly, these teams are very similar, uh, you know, based on the run game heavily uh, and their defenses. I mean, Jacoby Brissett doesn't really run the ball, and I think that Mariota actually does well uh, because, you know, um, he can run. You know, so I I think that's another reason why these guys, Tyler Algier and Caleb Hundley, even uh, Cordero, they can run the ball efficiently is because the defense has to – um, yeah, that RPO aspect. Yeah, it has to it yeah. has to account for you know, the running aspect for Mariota. But from a passing standpoint, he was horrendous. Yeah, was Seven for nineteen and an interception. I mean, a QB rating of forty one point four. That's pretty horrendous. Um, Nick Chubb again, nineteen carries, one hundred eighteen yards, and one touchdown. I mean, he's just making me have nightmares for not taking him um, first overall uh, at the number ten spot. I'm like. I keep kicking myself because he just he gets slept on every year and he's just a stud. Um, quiet game from Murray Cooper, one reception, nine yards, d- couldn't get anything going. Uh, David Njoku though uh, picked up where he left off last week, five receptions, seventy-three yards. Did Follow not, through game for sure. Yeah, didn't uh, didn't find the end zone, but good to see that he's going to have a decent amount of targets. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones has a pretty big uh, catch. Um, up the middle, he had nine targets, five for 71, you know, pretty good game. And then where in the world is Kyle Pitts? Because this dude just is on the milk cart and then stays there. He's borderline droppable, and he was, you know, probably taken, you know, third or fourth round. But, again, one reception for 25 yards, no touchdowns. Man. Uh, yeah, I mean, that goes hand-in-hand, hand too, with, with Mariota being a disaster, right? Like, what what is, you know, what is he supposed to do, I guess, at this point? But the problem is... From a coaching standpoint, you have to get him the ball, right? Like in some capacities, probably your best player, arguably your best player on offense. If you know him, London, it, it, whatever. It, but that's the the conundrum I keep like having with myself is like, who do I blame here? Because you have Drake London and you have Kyle Pitts. Yes, they're both young uh, players, but they're both 
stud. So like you, you gotta, gotta force the feed these guys the ball. Like yeah. you know Drake London at least you know I can look at it. Yeah, he had two for seventeen, but he had seven targets. Okay, but Kyle Pitts only had four targets. Like you know from a coaching standpoint, as bad as Mariota might have been or is. Um, I mean, the game plan has to be giving these guys the ball. Right now, it, it's clearly that they have trust in their defense and they want to run the ball. So, um, and they don't trust Mariota to pass. So, uh, that that's, seems to be the game plan. And it's a, similar, like I said, on the Brown side, they're doing the kind of the same exact thing. So, um, this in this case, you know, the the Ravens prevailed. But uh, on to the on to the next. Uh, what do we have the next game up, Nick? Next next game up was the Commanders at the Cowboys. I knew this game was going to go this route. The Commanders suck. Wentz is washed at this point. I think the 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 allure of him, you know, being a successful starting quarterback is, is kind of over because they have weapons. They're they're set up. I feel like decently well for success from a from a fantasy perspective, not even from a real NFL perspective. But um, Wentz with two more turnovers, sacked twice, just didn't look good. Uh, the Dallas front seven is awesome, if not elite. They're you know top three, top four in the league from a defensive perspective. Uh, they they just overwhelmed Washington. Wentz was high on a lot of throws. I mean, he threw the ball 42 times for 170 yards. You know, averages four yards a completion. Like they just not looking good for them, uh, and it's affecting McLaurin. Two for 15. Dotson. Three for 43. He had a touchdown to salvage his day, but Curtis Samuel four for 38. Like they, they have a ton of guys that are out there getting targets. They're just not making the catches, and Washington looks like a mess. Yeah, I mean that was kind of the tail of the tape. I mean Dallas defense controlled this game completely. Um, Cooper Rush, uh, you know, staying consistent. He's undefeated as a starting quarterback. Didn't, you know, uh, blow you away with his stats. You know, 15 for 27, 223 yards, two TDs, but no turnover. That's the no key. No turnovers. Um, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, got a, a lot of carries, but didn't do much with them. 19 for 49, no TDs. Um, but due to the, the way this uh, game was going, Tony Pollard barely got any run at all. Eight carries, six yards, no touchdowns. Um, C.D. Lamb, though, seems to be the favorite target for Cooper Rush. Had... Uh, Eight targets, six receptions, 97 yards, and a and a touchdown. Um, he again seems to be like the go-to target. Michael Gallup back from injury did find the end zone two for 24. So that's you know um, I'm sure that's gonna spike his uh, confidence you know moving forward. Um, I think Dallas is a team to look out for. They're definitely on the run. Curious to see what they're gonna do when you know uh, Dak gets healthy. At this point, I don't think I would rush him back because Cooper's playing well. Um, but Washington is a complete train wreck. Um, Brian Robinson comes back from, you know, the gunshot uh, injury. I think he's due to come back as early as this week if he wanted to. Johan Dotson's out with a hamstring injury. Um, oh, Dotson's you, injured. Yeah, he's injured. Beautiful. And uh, you, you said uh, what you said it best. Wentz is, uh, he's a scrub. So um, that's enough on that game. Uh, on, to, on to the next. Probably the game of the week, if not, you know, top two game of the week, the Seattle uh, Detroit game. So Detroit has a stat, and it was ninety-three points. The um, the first four weeks of the season, they've let up and they've scored and allowed uh, two. I think it was two hundred and fifty-three points. Um, it was the it's the most 
combined through four games ever. So they are arguably the best offense and the worst defense in history of <laughs> the NFL. If they had a defense, if Detroit had a defense, and I, I, I say this not lightly because Detroit has sucked pretty much our entire life. If Detroit had a defense, even a shed of a defense, they would probably be 3-1 and one and arguably one of the best teams in the league because their offense is unbelievable right now. Even without St. Brown, uh, uh, I'm on St. Brown in this game. Hawkinson showed up, had the best game of his life. Josh Reynolds, who came off of the trash heap for 7 for 81 and a touchdown, got picked up probably morning of when you know Brown got um, declared out. Jamal Williams, who, again, was, if not a bottom three draft round draft pick in your fantasy draft, was probably a free agent ad. Two more touchdowns this week, 108 yards. And if anyone watched Hard Knocks, I mean, he's just the heart of the team. The guys love him. He's he's out there giving motivational speeches. He's a good dude off the field, and he's a veteran. And they the the team loves him. They rally around him. They've taken on his personality, which is basically just head down, grind. Um, the defense doesn't do that, but their offense looks really good. Backed by Jared Goff, who was cast away in the Stafford trade, and now looks like the better quarterback. Yeah, um, <laughs> this game is just like wild to me. I mean, coming into the year, I thought Seattle's offense was going to be the worst in the league. and By far the worst. Um, Geno Smith has looked, I mean, he's looked great. I mean, not even good. He's just, he's looked great, which is just wild. He's given fantasy uh, value to DK and um, Lockett. Uh, Will Disley has like scored like three out of four weeks, I think. Um, Rashad Penny, um, if he can stay healthy, was a complete uh, maniac this game 17 for 151 and two TDs um, which is uh, awesome to see he was on my bench great spot for him to be it's the Jeff Bibby superstar yeah Penny. <laughs> um, and then uh, you know the wild part about this game and this is the second time this has happened granted it was you know 48-45 they they were getting beat a little bit and uh, Detroit put up 22 points in the fourth quarter they just have no quit in them that happened game one against Philly they were getting they were yep. beat down and they came all the way back and you know if they could just figure like you said if they had a defense number one but they played the whole game uh, whether that's uh, adopting the philosophy of Jamal Williams or their coach who's a complete maniac um, I mean we said it earlier, like, this is going to be a fun team to watch. But, you know, when we get into our betting segment, I, I would maybe take the over every time that uh, Detroit plays because they just seem to put up points. But the problem is whoever they play is also going to put up points because they can't stop a nosebleed. Um, just shout out to Tom Kennedy. Got pulled back out of the practice squad. Uh, was one of the another guys during preseason. Was a good uh, Brown University uh, alumni. So a Rhode Island guy. Shout so got a, sh- got a shout out to uh, Tom Kennedy. Three for 54 in this game. Um, he might be cut tomorrow, but um, he, he got the shout out on two next uh, podcasts. It's crazy too because Detroit. Um, Oak, Okuda, Jeff Okuda, is is arguably the best corner in the league from a number standpoint this year. He he's shut every receiver he's played down. Obviously in this game he did not shut down DK or Tyler Lockett, but he's he's played really really well. And Aiden Hutchinson was a top pick in the draft this year, and he's an animal. Uh, two more QB hits this week, so interested to see what their defense can do moving forward. But 
they, they, both of those teams are going to play very, very, very interesting games. Yeah, I definitely agree. And uh, correction on myself, I'm sorry, Bryant University, not Brown University. So Shout out, Bryant. Yeah, Bryant. Uh, College uh, D was D3 up to uh, D2, I believe, in college basketball. And uh, both the Knicks went there for uh, summer basketball camp. Yeah, turn, me, turn me right around uh, from being a scrub to a uh, semi-scrub. Um, so uh, on to the next game, Tennessee at um, Indy. Um, 24-17, Titans. Um, Titans look good. Uh, they kind of... Uh, got in a flow. Really, um, their identity is Derrick Henry. Uh, yeah, when he can, we, we, we can he he can run the ball efficiently, um, and they give him a ton of work. They seem to do well, um, and he ate uh, that game. 22 for 114 and a touchdown. He just looked like the old Derrick Henry, just shredding tackles and stepping over dudes and breaking through. He just uh, he actually got a decent. He got three receptions for 33 yards too, which um, <laughs> was second. Uh, he led their team in targets uh, and second in yards. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's that's my takeaway is this is the Derrick Henry show. Two injuries from the game, the big one obviously being Jonathan Taylor, who got ruled out for the Thursday night game this upcoming week, but 20 carries, 42 yards, no TDs, just not looking right in any capacity. I don't know if it's an offensive line thing. I don't know if it's an injury thing, but he does not look right. So anyone that took him 1-1 or 1-2, they're, they're, they're not looking good right now. It's probably better that he's out for a game so you can at least sit him rather than play him and get shitty production. And then another one kind of under the radar, but, you know, he's owned at this point. But Traylon Burks. Um, turf toe. Yeah, promising rookie. He's going to be out for a little bit. I always thought that turf toe was, you know, what the fuck is turf toe? But it, it's extremely painful. Um I, I forgot exactly who it was from Indy that came out and said uh, something along the lines of, we have a new quarterback every year, and it sucks to see Tennessee come in here year after year with Tannehill. Um, it, it's, it's, not, it's not looking good for Matt Ryan. He had, a, I guess, a decent game. I don't he's know washed. If, yeah, I don't know if he, he's spreading the ball around kind of all over the place. He had 356 yards passing. But Mo Ali Cox was their top guy. Not know. getting the ball to Pittman. Paris Campbell showed up this week, which was surprising. They have another guy called Kylan Grace Granson, who I've never heard of before. He had four for 62. And uh, Jelani Woods, one for 33, who was, a, a, I think, a tight end that was three for three before that with all three of his catches being touchdowns. So it was his first catch without a touchdown. Uh, <laughs> weird, weird. Uh, year for Indy. They're not looking good. That's for sure. Moving forward, they're they're gonna have a tough test Thursday night too. Yeah, uh, we'll uh, we'll move right on to uh, another game. The G-Men um, face the Bears um, at home. Uh, G-Men took care of business on that home field, uh, twenty to twelve. Uh, again, Justin Field took absolutely terrible, and Saquon Barkley has arrived. Uh, he's here, and he looks like he's here to stay. Thirty-one carries. Uh, 146 yards, and they had to go to Wildcat because they lost both their quarterbacks. He was he was just doing it all. Um, Daniel Jones actually had a decent game uh, on the ground prior to his injury. Um, six for 68 on the ground with two TDs and eight for 13 in the air, 71 yards. They don't they they're, they're passing the U and I next, so I don't I, I don't know. I mean they're I'll, setting back. These two teams set back 
NFL passing that like 25 years between Fields and Jones, they both fucking suck. And Tyrod Taylor came in for 12 seconds, threw an interception, got injured, got injured, <laughs> and that was it. And it was just unbelievable. The Giants can run the ball. I That's will it. give you that. I mean, Barkley and the defense looks is like good. the best player in the NFL, and I'm happy for him. I, I, I like Saquon Barkley. I root for him. Um, I'm not a Penn State guy by any means, but he he was awesome in college. Um, Herbert, uh, filling in for Montgomery, didn't look great, didn't look bad. I was actually surprised he only got one catch. Um, 19 carries, though, which was to be expected because they don't have much behind him either. Um, interested to see what Montgomery's timeline turns out to be, but um, Herbert looks like he could he could definitely pan out for the long term if, if that's the case. Um, next up was uh, Jaguars and the Eagles. This game was every every better in modern history was probably looking at the under because it was basically a hurricane going into the game, and they put up 34 points in the first half. Uh, Eagles ended up winning 29-21. They stayed perfect. Uh, the Jaguars kind of gave the game away. I mean, they had a 14-0 lead. I, I believe they either had a pick six or a fumble six. I forgot which what it was with, with Jalen Hurts in the first uh, in the first quarter. I think it was a pick six. And um, the rain got the best of them. I mean, they couldn't run the ball. They didn't throw the ball very well. Lawrence had four fumbles here, which is... That's got to be a record. And an interception. So five turnovers in the rain. Uh, that That's not going to get it done by any means. Robinson, who has looked like a late-round steal, uh, kind of came back down to earth in this game with 29 yards rushing. Uh, I don't even believe he had a catch. I don't even think he had a target. So, um, yeah, Philly neutralized him. And ETN you know, matched him in carries. So something to watch moving forward with Jacksonville. Yeah, uh, a couple things I want to uh, take home. Just I think everyone needs to pump the brakes a little bit due to the circumstances in which they were playing. Um, that's going to factor into the game plan and, you know, how, how they set up their offense. Um, I think, you know, Etienne and Robinson get bottled up is because, you know, the conditions so bad they knew they were going to try to run the ball more. And, and Philly did a great job at doing that. Their defense showed up again. Uh, Jalen Hurts started the game pretty bad. I'm not going to lie. He had a pick yeah, six. It he They were down 14 zip, but he, you know, they answered uh, They answered uh, the beck and call. I mean, 20 unanswered points in the second quarter and then, you know, kind of just held that lead for the remainder of the game. Um Miles Sanders, man, another guy, you know, Nick Chubb, you know, uh, we're talking about probably shouldn't have been taken in the first round in most drafts now, and he wasn't, and he slept down. But Miles Sanders, you could get him late, and he has absolutely been um, not only a stud, but super efficient, too. Um, 27 carries, 134 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, he was the he was the guy. He was the MVP of this game. Uh, in the Zero rain. touchdowns last year. Yeah, he just in uh, the whole entire season. The touch so touchdown. We talk about touchdown regression with some of these guys. You know, Eckler having twenty last year. He's probably not gonna have twenty again. Um, I mean, Sanders probably not gonna have zero again. Obviously, uh, he's look he looks good. So anyone that went you know punt RB two zero RB you know that type of stuff. You probably ended up with some of these guys, James Robinson, Miles Sanders type of guys you know, later on in the draft, and it's probably paying off for you. Yeah, I mean, I think something to uh, take a look at is, you know, Jacksonville, their defense had been playing really well, 
but um, Sanders, 27 for 134 and two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, 16 carries, 30 yards and a touchdown. Kenneth Gainwell, 5 for 19 and a touchdown. They had four touchdowns on the ground. So, you know, um, if you have a running back going against Jacksonville in the upcoming weeks, you should be uh, happy about it. Unless something changes, I mean, that's, you know, it seems to me where um, that's their Achilles heel right now is you know, their run stop. So uh, we'll, we'll take a look. But I think Trevor Lawrence and the Jags will bounce back next week. The, the conditions are pretty terrible. From a great rushing team in the Eagles to an absolutely putrid rushing team in the Steelers, the Jets covered. <laughs> uh, they won the game straight out, and I'm going to bet them every week from here on out. Um, I'm going to flip to Pittsburgh to start, though. Pittsburgh, Trubisky looks horrendous. <clears throat> he gets He's done. benched. He gets benched at half. He's done. In comes Kenny Pickett. Kenny Powers. Everyone, everyone loves Kenny Powers. They they want Pickett to be successful so bad. I'm pretty sure lightning just struck somewhere, and. Pickett comes in 10 for 13, great. Three interceptions in one half of football, and people in Pittsburgh are cheering for this guy. Like he is going to be the second coming of, you know, Joe Montana at this point. He threw three interceptions in a half of football. I, I'm not fired up about this guy by any means. Um, he did have two rushing touchdowns, which is absolutely terrible news for anyone that owns Najee Harris, and they they can't run the ball. Najee was bottled up for the most part. Again, 18 for 74. I think his long here is 16. So, I mean, you take that rush out, it's 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 just not looking good for either of them, uh, him him or Warren, per se. And um, the one good news is uh, Pickett coming in, he got the ball to Pickens. So anyone that's held on to Pickens so far, he looked good. Fryermuth looked good. So maybe... You know, some of these guys that have been, you know, kind of like 50-50 guys, whether you're going to start them in the flex or not, are going to look a little bit better. Um, I just don't know if, you know, Pittsburgh without Fitzpatrick on the defensive side, without Watt on the defensive side, they're they're going to struggle to stop teams, uh, even the Jets, um, and they can't put up more than 20. They're going to they're going to struggle going forward. Yeah, I mean, this is a just <laughs> it's an ugly game to begin with. Um, uh, a couple things that we wanted to take a look at, though, is like we were waiting for Kenny Pickett to come in. Mitch, you know, really wasn't doing anything with with the starting job. Their offensive line is just absolutely terrible, though. I mean, that's part of the reason why not only the quarterback play sucks, but the run game also sucks. Um, but it, you can say that, you know, obviously it's uh, clear that Kenny Pickett taking those, you know, second and third team reps, you know, probably with George Pickens early in the season is paying dividends because now he comes in and he trusts him and that's his go-to guy. He had eight targets, six for 102. Um, and then obviously the tight ends are always the safety blanket, seven for 85 for Fryamuth. Um, Deontay Johnson took a, a backseat and uh, Chase Claypool just cut the guy so the Patriots can pick him up because... Uh, it, they don't know how to use finest. him now. They, they have no idea how to use him now. He's been a scrub since his rookie year. Um, and then on the flip side of the ball, Brees Hall, man, uh, looks like he's uh, taken over that backfield. I can't say that Michael Carter is gone because I still think he's a, a, a good player and most teams have a one-two punch, but it seems like Brees Hall is, is the go-to guy there now. And we talked about this last week, like how would the offense look with Zach Wilson? For three quarters, it looked pretty terrible. Um, I will say that uh, <laughs> Zach Wilson did look yeah. pretty good in the fourth. Um, 
And you talked about Corey Davis last week, but you know if uh, that guy's still out there on the waiver wire, and we might talk about him later, he might be a guy to go uh, take a look at because he led the team in targets and seems to be um, Zach Wilson's favorite target. Um, Elijah Moore, uh, Moore came back to life 353. However, um, it was only on four targets, and you know uh, Andrew Erickson from Fantasy Pros is a pretty good usage breakdown. Um, and it seems that Garrett Wilson still is the is the top guy, even though the production doesn't see it from a, you know uh, running routes and uh, playtime uh, perspective. Garrett Wilson seems to be still the guy. Um, so even though he only finished with two for 41, he still had six targets. who just, you know, didn't have that game you were looking for. Um, and Tyler Conklin still staying efficient, three for 52. Um, we talked about him as a possible waiver pickup. Other than that, got nothing to say about it. Both teams, these, they both suck. I don't like either one. I hate both those teams. Yeah. Um, to two more teams that I hate, the Bills at the Ravens. <laughs> the Bills surprisingly shut out Baltimore in the second half, which is my takeaway of the whole entire game. Uh, you know, the Lamar Jackson MVP talk, all of that stuff, and this is uh, a, a heck of a test for the Ravens at home, and they failed. They, if depending on how you took this game, they were three and a half point. I believe they closed at three. So if you bet it Sunday morning, you probably pushed. But if you bet it earlier, you probably took that hook and and, and got the W. Um, they brought Lamar Jackson kind of back down to earth. Two interceptions. He ended up with a, a touchdown through the air. He probably could have had a few more interceptions, to be honest with you. There was a few game, uh, a few balls that got bounced around. Um, on the on the positive side for Baltimore, J.K. Dobbins looked good. He. You know, he got work in 17 touches. I would I would assume he'll command that backfield moving forward. Justice Still was still involved, and Gus Edwards coming off of IR at some point. But Dobbins looked at looked at least like he could handle the job moving forward. Yeah, um, I think that's the 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 tail of this tape. I mean, uh, Baltimore, you know, went up big early in the first, uh, 14 to three. The end uh, first just can't hold a lead. But man. but they, you know, Lamar. I mean. They force. This has been like a thing yeah, that's been talked about with him his whole career. Is like stop him from getting in the end zone rushing and make him beat you passing. And he didn't. Uh, twenty for twenty nine, one forty four, one TD, two interceptions, um, and um, just couldn't get really anything going. Uh, Mark Andrews uh, totally bottled up. Two for fifteen, no TDs. That's a safety blanket. Couldn't be the go-to guy. Rashad Bateman, you know, hurt his foot in, in this game. Um, so uh, monitor that moving forward. If he's missing any games, Devin Duvernay might be the guy to own um, in the receiving game from a wide receiver standpoint. And on the flip side, I mean, Josh Allen's just he's he's tough. Uh, I mean, that they're, they're throwing the ball so much. I mean, he, again, 19 for 36, 213, uh, didn't absolutely kill it. Stephon Diggs kind of acquired a game four for 62. Um, Isaiah McKenzie, 4 for 21, with one TD. Could have had a, a second TD, yep. um, but didn't have it. Gabe Davis, literally out there as um, a dummy uh, the whole time uh, only. He was hobbling the entire time. I kind of wish they just kept him off uh, the field. He played like 100% of the snaps, which is good if you own him. Um, if you own him, it's good to know. He's just not nearly uh, healthy enough to break away and get separation. So um, until his ankle's better... Um, uh, he's just going to be 
a questionable start from a fantasy perspective. Jamison Crowder broke his foot, so he'll be out. So I, if you own McKenzie, I'd probably start him up because he's probably going to um, you know, get even more uh, looks than normal with Crowder being out. So um, maybe it's time for uh, Cooks to uh, finally get some more uh, burn uh, if they need help uh, in those shallow underneath routes. If not, Shakur from, uh, also played a, a couple snaps. That's all I got. Um, Chargers at the Texans. The uh, Chargers handled business. I think everyone kind of, you know, thought they'd, they'd take this game. Uh, you know, the big takeaway from this game, Eckler finally gets back to being, you know, the round one running back that everyone drafted him as. Three touchdowns. Um, he was on a podcast today. That, it was actually a Yahoo podcast <clears throat> that I had to listen to for a little bit. And the way he describes the game is is kind of comical to me. He he sees the game a lot slower than it seems like it would actually happen. You know, coming from a, a you know a Monday morning quarterback over here, but it, it, to me the NFL game seems like it happens so fast. He takes it as he knows one guy on the defense, and when that guy does a certain thing, he goes out for a pass, and if that guy rushes he blocks and that's like his normal little breakdown uh it was just interesting to hear you know a pro's perspective that makes it look so so easy but um you know three touchdowns for him uh you know 109 yards total something like that which is why we all drafted him in the first round hopefully more of that going forward uh no keenan allen in this game for la uh more of mike williams looking like the wide receiver one that he's you know hoping to be um seven for 120 for him and Jarrell Everett, you know, definitely still paying dividends to everyone that picked him up earlier on in the season, five for 61 and a touchdown again. Uh, whatever Herbert had for that injury, that rib injury, kind of looks like I guess it's gone at this point because he got sacked once and, you know, two more TDs, 340 yards. Uh, he's, he's basically a robot. Yeah, um, Davis Mills sucks. Um, I mean, I really thought he was going to – actually you know make a leap this year um i mean they did make this a game uh i dropped the chargers d um in a couple of my leagues due to the fact that jc jackson's been injured joey bosa went out having surgery i'm like ah i'm you know uh justin herbert's been hurt with the ribs and getting shot up before games i just wasn't uh thrilled they were destroying houston uh at half uh 27 to 7 um, I thought this game was over. Houston actually had a few opportunities to try to actually win this game. And just like Houston does, they just blew it. Um, I think the take home from the Houston side is that Damian Pierce got 100% of the run. He literally, no one else even ran the ball. He was the only one, 14 carries for 131 and a TD. It's got to be the first of the year. Yeah, if, I mean, if not the only of the No year. one else ran the ball except him. Um, he did have a pretty sick, like a 70 yard uh, touchdown run so it showed you know his max speed which is a good thing nico collins is a guy i was kind of high on coming in he's starting to siphon into brandon cook's targets he had uh five targets three for 82 but cook's seven targets caught all seven of them 57 yards in a td he's still the guy to own um and rex burkhead's definitely the passing down back five for 39 a td um i don't have much more to say about this game arizona at carolina I heard an interesting nugget today from uh, Jeff Ratcliffe on the XM uh, Fantasy Station. He said, if you own Kyler Murray, just don't watch Arizona games. 
and just look at the box scores after the game because Kyler Murray is the most frustrating quarterback for the first three, you know, two to three quarter uh, quarters of the game. And then the fourth quarter, he's just going to come through, and you're going to look at the stats at the end, and he's going to have two or three touchdowns, and he's going to rush the ball, and all is well in a fantasy land. Um, Kyler didn't look good, and especially against Carolina, who's pretty terrible, both sides of the ball. Um, he ended up with two touchdowns, uh, a third rushing, but only 26 on the ground with 12 carries. He was he was kind of running a little bit. I would say like running for his life a little bit, which which probably hindered his, his passing yards. But um, Marquise Brown kept it rolling, six for 88 in a touchdown. He's got to be almost like a fantasy MVP at this point for where he was drafted to his production. He's you know got to be close to a wide receiver one, if not top five right there. Um, Ertz chipped in with another touchdown. Connor... Looks a little bit old right he's now. I don't know too, if he's so. injured. Yeah, I don't know if it's the injury that's lingering, but they gave him 15 carries. Um, Benjamin and, and Darrell Williams kind of split in the, the remainder of those, but I would eventually imagine that one of them takes that, you know, somewhat of that lead back over, even if it's not the goal line stuff, but they get at least the majority of the run moving forward. Um, and then my one takeaway on Carolina is I don't know what they do moving on from Baker, but they're going to have to do something because he's no good. Yeah, I mean, do they put Darnold back in? I mean, Baker's been absolutely horrendous. I mean, I was like, yeah, he's got to be the starting quarterback prior to the season. Like, he's the guy. Like, he's going to, ha- he, he's the best quarterback that, you know, these receivers have seen. He is worse uh, somehow. Uh, yes. DJ Moore is. He had 11 targets, but he only finished with 6 for 50. Didn't get in the end zone. Christian McCaffrey, again, the one-man team, you know, uh, didn't do much on the ground, 8 yeah, for 27. But for, how, but, but for not, how long, too? That's the problem. He, he, it's like everyone that owns McCaffrey is, is excited that he gets, you know, 9 for 81 and salvages the day. But eventually he gets injured, Destroyed, right? You know, right, like yeah. when, when does when does Might too be much, next week. Who the hell knows? Right. When does too much, uh, you know, usage become too much so yeah. that that's one thing that i would i would say and i kind of worry about with with mccaffrey is every time he's catching those those short passes he's taking a hit so on and so forth so um yeah the panthers don't look good i don't think it's any easier for them moving forward either they got a uh, a pretty tough schedule coming up they suck um patriots at the packers which was a large spread to begin with i want to say it was like nine it ended up at like nine and a half it started at ten and a half um, the Packers, who somehow become, you know, like the darling of the NFL on the power ranking standpoint, uh, the Patriots hung with them. Uh, no Mac Jones from a Patriots standpoint. They started with Hoyer, the destroyer. He got absolutely destroyed, concussed out, and they turned to uh, Zappi, who, to to all of our surprise, was uh, was pretty decent. I mean, he. He had a touchdown to Devontae Parker, who made an appearance this week, which was nice. Um, you know, the team started to at least somewhat rally around him. He looked like he was having fun out there. Uh, Green Bay ended up taking care of business and, and winning the game in overtime. But the Patriots easily could have won this game. 
easily. I think it was a coaching thing. I don't think it was Zappy that lost the game for us. I think it was coaching, not not doing a few things uh, uh, that cost us the, the match. I mean, um, Green Bay's overrated. Uh, you know, plain and simple. I feel like they're overrated all the time. I feel like, you know, um, uh, maybe I'm just a hater on Aaron Rodgers, but I just, I just, I am not sold on him being the best ever and this, that, and the other thing. I mean, Alan Lazard, I will say, had a good game. Uh, Dubs should have had two touchdowns, uh, end up with five for 47 and one. Yep. Uh, the run game looked good. I mean, we couldn't stop them. I mean, Aaron Jones has run all over us, 16 for 110, and Dylan chipped in for 17 for 73. But we did the same thing to them for the most part. Damian Harris, 18 for 86 in a TD, and Ramondre, 14 for 66. But Ramondre also had four, four receptions for 23 yards. So, um, I mean... I just hope that uh, Hoyer doesn't start next week. Like, if, if Max is going to be out again, they got to give Zappi another run uh, from the start of a game, uh, not in not in Green Bay, not in horrific uh, situation of, of, you know. Uh, Middle of the game yeah, coming so, uh, in, yeah. I just, um, but I, I mean, happy with what I saw. I just have no expectation of the Patriots. Um, I will say that Jack Jones, we talked about him uh, off air, um, our rookie cornerback. We always we always breed good cornerbacks. I don't know what it is, but we just do. Um, Unless we draft them in the second round, then they suck. Hmm. But if we draft them in the fourth or the fifth or the sixth, they're good. Or we just pick them up, you know, off the scrap heap and they become Super Bowl MVP. Outside, if we draft anyone early, they're usually terrible. And if we draft them late, they're pretty good. I'm not sure why that works out that way for Belichick, but it is what it is. Yeah. But surprising game. Um, with with the Patriots hanging around, uh, another surprising game I think to well at least to me but probably to most uh, the Broncos at the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders ended up winning the game, getting their first W of the season. They're on the board. Was, yeah, I thought this was going to be a little little bit lower scoring of a game. Um, Josh Jacobs turning back the hands of time at this point. He had a hell of a game. Uh, Twenty eight carries, one hundred forty four yards, and two touchdowns. Five catches for 31 yards, so 33 touches. Um, that's going to be a season high for him. Um, without looking back, I don't think he's had more than that. And if he has, I'm, I'm wrong. But um, I don't think he'll have any more than that for the whole season either. Um, one thing I will say about Vegas is Carr doesn't look great. There's there's just something up with, with Carr. He's not... They're not pushing the ball down the field. Um, obviously, they ran the ball a ton with with Jacobs this week, but I believe they're almost like 70-30 pass right now from from for the whole season. They're just running the ball a ton, and uh, they're not passing the ball a, a, a lot. So, uh, interested to see. I mean, Devontae showed back up this week. Uh, Matt Collins came back to earth, so everyone that – you know, wasted a ton of fab on him. I feel bad for you, but this is kind of where I would imagine he's going to hang around for the rest of the season. You know, that wide receiver four type of category. Um, and then Waller didn't do much either. You know, three for 24. Car's not car's not getting it done. Yeah, um, I mean, happy to see that uh, fellow offensive coordinator gets his first W as a head coach um, for this season. Um, but this game was just... Kind of ugly. Um, Josh Jacobs, just like Miles Sanders and you know Nick Chubb, is just one of those guys that I slept on. He went way late in drafts. Oh, He's yeah. still not really old. Um, gets hated on all the time. He finished pretty high last year in you know uh, in rushes and, and yards and 
when he gets the bulk of the work, man, he produces. So um, curious if that's going to be their identity moving forward. I agree that Derek Carr needs to sling it a little bit more. But if they're going to get W's, you know, running the ball, then they're probably uh, going to be doing that a little bit more. Now, flip side, we talked about this last week. I asked you, is it is Russell Wilson washed? Is it a coaching standpoint? Well, you know, let Russ cook and all this stuff. And, man. They another loss. They look bad. Javante Williams out with the torn ACL. Mike Boone had stone hands at the end of the game. Melvin Gordon <laughs> fumbled the ball. Uh, dude, I don't know. I mean, they're just a mess. Like, besides Cortland Sutton, I don't feel like I'm comfortable starting anyone from a fantasy perspective on on the Broncos. Um, that just I'm just just bad. Melvin. It's funny because next week Melvin's going to be, you know, a, 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 what, RB2 for most people at, if they have him or at least like a flex option. You know, he had three carries for eight yards and a target uh, with a fumble. And I believe he's had four or five fumbles in his past, you know, 35 carries, something like that. So his he, ball security is not there. Um, Denver is not running the ball at all. Russell Wilson ended up with a TD on the ground. Uh, no turnovers, I guess, for Russ, so that's good. But they, um, from a defensive standpoint, which I thought was their probably their strong point, they didn't look good in this game. Yeah, I'm sorry for all those people I told you to pick up uh, Broncos D. No, they they didn't uh, they didn't pay dividends. They uh, they burned you. Yeah, for sure. Um, another another marquee matchup: the Sunday night football game. You know, everyone was probably watching this game: Mahomes versus Brady. Uh, the Chiefs at the Bucks, which is a rematch of exactly where the Super Bowl happened in the Super Bowl. Um, the Chiefs ended up putting up 41 on the Bucks and, and topping them by 10. The highlight of the game got to be Mahomes. I believe it was second quarter when he that was ridiculous. spin move on Devin White, two steps forward, flip over his head to you know Edward Solaire. It, it's a typical Mahomes, you know, whatever, magic, whatever you want to call it. Um, he looked awesome. They ran the ball really well. Again, another team that we kind of touted from a defensive perspective, Tampa Bay, let everyone down. They let up 41. They were probably a negative point team from a from a defensive perspective in fantasy. Um, I would say the one constant, obviously, from Kansas City is Kelsey. But uh, they are starting to get some other guys going. So MVS, uh, 3 for 63, and Juju getting a little more involved with eight targets, 5 for 46. Um, they did get some some targets over to Sky Moore. He played a little bit more than he had been in the past. Uh, no turnovers this game, no fumbles or anything like that, which was good for him. And the waiver wire superstar who's always out there, Nicole Hardman, one catch for four yards. Um definitely droppable at this point if anyone has him that's for sure <laughs> yeah um Mahomes is just special man I mean I want to hate him because you know he's he's in the AFC and we play him but the dude is just he's just fun to watch he's really good at the game of football um that play that Nick was talking about was just ridiculous yeah, it was unbelievable. um I mean there's no getting around it Clyde Edwards Hilaire is another guy that was completely slept on from a fantasy perspective and he is really um paying off for those fantasy managers that decided to give him another shot um 19 for 92 and a touchdown uh rushing 
um, and then also had a that crazy touchdown receiving. Um, it was only one one reception for two yards, but it was on a wild play. Um, Kelsey getting it done nine for ninety two in a TD. On the flip side, Brady got his weapons back, um, and he had a really good game. I mean, thirty nine for fifty two. 385 yards and three TDs, no interceptions, only sacked one time. Um, they had no run game at all, was yeah. non-existent. Uh, Leonard Fournette, three for negative three, and Rashad White, three for six yards. But they got all their weapons back. Mike Evans was like, okay, uh, you know, I got suspended for a game for sticking up for Tom. Tom, you know, paid him back with 10 targets. He caught eight of them for 103 yards and two TDs. Chris Godwin, who's uh, been MIA for a while, coming off knee injury, seven for 59 on 10 targets. Uh, but you yeah, look good. But Uncle Lenny, um, he uh, he paid his fantasy manager back uh, in the passing game, seven fifty seven yards and a TD. But Rashad White again uh, splitting some uh, burn with him, five uh, receptions for 50 yards, known as that receiving down back. Cameron Brake got banged up in the game. Kate uh, Otten came in, actually uh, didn't look terrible, three for 29. Um, Brady got a bunch of heat uh, in this game, but, I mean, you're putting up 385 yards with three TDs and no interceptions. 31 points. Yeah, you, you, the defense got to stop something. I, I mean, we just uh, – another defense that Nick and I talked about, so we apologize to fantasy managers about being touted as this top defense. Well, they uh, they got burned. And Mahomes, uh, we talked about, oh, you know, his identity last week about possibly, you know, um, if he's really that good without Terry Kill. Well, he, uh, he showed it uh, on Sunday. Yeah, Kansas City is going to be a force moving forward. Um, last game of the, the week was the Monday night game. Another matchup, divisional matchup, the Rams at the 49ers. Um, game started out kind of hot. I mean, uh, the the under was, was pretty hot in this game. The first half under uh, looked good. The overall game looked good, but the game started out, they uh, the Rams moved right down the field um kicked a field goal to open the game San Fran moved right back down the field and scored a touchdown you're like okay cool we're gonna get into a shootout and then it just started into the defensive struggle uh we talked about this offline but San Fran's defense looked really really good right now Fred Warner is just a beast and the the two the two guys that shine the most in this game are you know the RB excuse me the wide receiver ones on both sides Debo and Cup, uh, Debo with six for 115 and a touchdown. And Cup, 19 targets, 14 catches, 122 yards. Um, I mean, they both just dominate their their respective uh, sides of the ball. Um, Jimmy didn't look bad, but again, you take away the 157 yard touchdown that he had to Debo, and you know he had a average game at best that play was wild he had a jump up to make the catch he got hit in the air he could have been down right then and there then he spins off he makes like three other guys miss goes all the way to the sideline i mean that play was insane it just shows you how much of a playmaker debo is um for the second week in a row though i get aggravated watching jimmy because brandon Ayuk gets started early in the game and then just fades away into uh the abyss he just uh, they they just don't feature him he's not a feature jeff wilson had that uh opening drive touchdown he looked explosive through the hole i was pretty shocked i mean uh looked looked really good um and then uh from la's perspective cooper cups cooper cup he's actually on track to actually have more targets and yards than last year which 
is just bananas if yes. you think about it because yes. he was so crazy good. last year. So now he's potentially going to be better than that, which is wild. Uh, so those guys that maybe took him in the first round or just was like, you know, I, I believe in Cooper Cup to repeat. Good for you guys. You're a better man than I because I could not uh, do that. I didn't think he was going to repeat. Um, Tyler Higby um, seems to be the, uh, emerged as the second option in that L.A. receiving game. 14 targets, 10 receptions, 73 yards. Uh, no TDs, um, but um, at least I think you can start him confidently uh, as probably that fringe four through seven, you know, uh, tight end right now. Um, but the run game for LA is just again what a disaster. Um, Cam Akers last week was the guy we talked about, you know, him possibly taking over the backfield. Although I didn't feel like from an efficiency standpoint, he should be the guy um, you know, this he week. Lay the goose egg. Eight, eight carries, 13 yards, 1.6 yards a carry. Daryl Henderson, seven carries, 27 yards, almost four yards a carry. But they're just not running the ball enough to even get anything going. Um, yeah, I just Matt Stafford, just again, we talked about this multiple weeks now. He's just looking not good. Um, I'm curious. They're in trouble, I think. Uh, just good thing they have a good defense. Uh, but even then, I think even some, you know, Ramsey's got burned more times than, than I've seen in previous uh, yep. seasons. So uh, I'm curious, uh, you know, what the long-term identity of this team is. But needless to say, San Fran is legit. I think they're better with Jimmy G and their defense is top three in the league, without a doubt. Yeah, for sure. Some um, Some interesting matchups. Um, you know, as that wraps up the week four, you know, kind of recap. Um, some of the week five matchups that we're looking at from a fantasy perspective, but even from uh, just a straight NFL perspective um, that I had down here that I'm, I hope to watch this week. The London game, again, there's an early Sunday game as well. Um, I, I say this with a smirk on my face, but the battle of three and one teams between the Giants and Green Bay um, Green Bay is a huge favorite in the game. I think it's like eight, eight and a half points at this point. You know, they're the home team in London, but uh, the the Giants, I mean, they're they're winning these games, and the Pats, you know, they ran all over Green Bay. What is Saquon going to look like when when he's running the ball at this point? So, um, I wouldn't be surprised to see Saquon have a big game. I also wouldn't be surprised to see Rodgers have a big game either. Um, the Giants haven't been great against the pass. I hope the Gi- I hope the Giants win. I mean, I do too. The, the issue is is that they have no one to throw the ball to, and they borderline don't have a quarterback right now. So they have Saquon Barkley and the defense, and that's it. So um, if the, the Packers game plan towards that, I mean, they could make the job a little bit uh, harder for Barkley. Uh, I I did read uh, an interesting statistic on Saquon. Saquon Barkley's 86 fantasy points is the lowest for an overall RB1 through the first four weeks of the season since 1997 when Curtis Martin did it, which um, I thought was wild. I don't really care that's the lowest fantasy standpoint because I still think Barkley's killing it right now and he's doing well. Um, we're just in a passing league now. We talked about that earlier and potentially the thought of maybe taking some receivers early in drafts, and I think you're going to start seeing it more and more um, as uh, these seasons play out just because – they seem to have more value. These top, you know, running backs. I mean, we talked about a few guys that came back this week, but um, from a, a totality standpoint. But that's a marquee matchup. Uh, make sure to set your lineups, or if there's injuries, uh, especially those people on um, 
you know, uh, the West Coast, uh, I'm sure that they uh, got stuck with Kamara in the lineup this week, like Nick alluded to earlier. So um, we definitely have to. Uh, yeah, can't have that happen again. That's for sure. Um, another one, the Lions at the Patriots. Not so much from a, a record standpoint, but obviously we'll be watching the Patriots here. Uh, Mac Jones practiced today, which was super surprising, I think, for, for most. He got a limited practice in. He's going to try to play again. You know, that's to be determined. They they originally called it, you know, four to six weeks. So I can't imagine he's just going to get right back out there. Also, even if he does want to get back out there, does it make sense to put him out there, you know, hobbled and, and, and you know, risk further injury and, um, you know, have him stand like a statue in the back? To me, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, the season's got kind of going nowhere at this point. Don't risk his health. Put Zappy out there and, and just see what they can do. And also to see, you know, what the Lions can do at Gillette. Uh, Patriots are favored. I don't think the Lions are going to come in and, and do much, but it's going to be a fun game to watch. Um, and, and we'll kind of see how that one ends up. Uh, next one I had kind of on my list here was Atlanta at Tampa Bay. Again, Tampa Bay putting up 31 this week. Atlanta running the ball all over the place. So it's going to be Atlanta's kind of inept defense against Tampa Bay. Is Tampa Bay defense going to be able to bounce back? Uh, Brady didn't practice today. His hand and shoulder um, slash getting divorced, whatever's going to happen with him. But he didn't practice today. Um, I'm assuming he was going to play no matter what. I mean, it's Tom Brady. He typically will... He'll probably be out there limited tomorrow and then, you know, full Friday. And Yeah, he won't even practice all weekend to shred. It's not going to matter for him, but definitely something to watch moving forward in case, you know, he does have an actual injury. Falcons will be real killing us out of the road. They're going to get stomped on, I think. Pretty much. I mean, 28-3 to ended the Falcons franchise, and Brady <laughs> remembers that, and I don't think they'll ever be able to get over that with Brady, so that is what it is. Yeah, another another good game is uh, Cowboys-Rams, uh, in my eyes. Uh, you know, I, I think that's um, it's going to be a, a curious to see if Cooper Rush can do it against uh, prime defense, and the Rams need to bounce back. I mean, they're 2-2, two and 1-1 two, um, one and one at home. Um, curious, the Rams are favored, so um, I like the Cowboys in this game. And, um, Agreed. I I'm curious. Uh, Stafford, he like we just talked about, he just doesn't look the, uh, the same. And um, I'm curious to see how that uh, game pans out. Um, I'm su- yeah, I'm surprised it it, it opened at at five and a half. I I think on the Rhode Island book it was down to four and a half. But when I last I looked online, it was still five and a half um, on ESPN. And I'm sure a lot of the books probably still five and a half. But yeah, the Cowboys defense. Uh, I mean, right now, up against the Rams' offense is is a, a mismatch at this point. So the fact that the Rams are favored by this much is is surprising to me. Which, you know, based on the last last week's Thursday night football with Miami getting points and then you know ended up getting blown out, uh, I should probably know better. But I'll probably end up on the Cowboys side this week. Um, another one I think is going to be two high-scoring games actually. Uh, that round out kind of my slate was uh, Philly at Arizona. I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm excited for that game. Yeah, me too. I think that's going to be a battle of... Uh, I, I just think that's going to end up, you know, who can get to 35 first type of thing. Yeah, uh, I think Eagles, that's going to be over. Eagles defense has been good, for sure. Um, and Arizona's defense hasn't been, hasn't been terrible. But uh, both offenses look good. 
and I just think they're both kind of rounded out right now. Um, and then the Sunday Night Football matchup, Cincinnati at Baltimore, a big division game. I think the winner of this game is definitely in a good spot moving forward. Cincinnati is already 0-1 in the division with the uh, with the loss to Pittsburgh. So um, this is a probably a bigger game for them than it is for Baltimore, but definitely um, Baltimore being two and two, they don't want to go two and three. The zero and two at home too. So I mean that's a. I think this is the game of the week uh, personally, Nick. So I'm glad that you brought this game up. Uh, uh, these teams are both kind of like on my cusp, uh, you know, in my power rankings of like you know being there and you know how far they can actually go. I think they both have potential to 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 make a deep playoff run. Um, but uh, I'm curious to see. Ravens' defense um, has been highly suspect uh, for the last couple weeks, so I think that's their Achilles heel. Um, and if I'm the Bengals, um, I'm taking a game plan uh, out of what the Buffalo uh, was able to do. Granted, Buffalo's defense is pretty stout, but um, Bengals played you know, uh, pretty well against Miami uh, before, obviously, uh, Tua's injury this past week. But... If the Bengals were paying attention, I'd try to do the same thing to Lamar Jackson that uh, Buffalo did. And if so, I mean, Ravens might be in trouble. So, um, yeah, it's an interesting game. Um, right now, Baltimore is favored by three. So I think we both had Cincy and Baltimore kind of on the outside of our, our top five, right? We had um, them, you know, roughly six and seven, maybe eight in our in our rankings. I had Baltimore there last week. I think you did as well. Uh, the loss to the Bills doesn't really change much for me. I mean, my worry with them is still that their defense, you know, can't hold anyone down. So, um, you know, jumping into our power rankings this week, just to recap from last week, uh, we have the same top five, uh, Philly, Miami, Buffalo, KC, and Baltimore. I think you had Baltimore and KC potentially flipped. Um, but uh, I'm imagining we're going to have some change in both of ours this week. So, um I'm gonna. I'll dive right into mine. I have some random four and five, and I am almost embarrassed to throw these two teams into my uh, into my you know top five. But they're both playing well, and they're both three and one, and uh, they both have decent matchups. I mean, Dallas has a tough matchup with the Rams. Minnesota, they have an easy one with the Bears. So. My uh, my four and five right now. I have Minnesota at five, uh, Dallas at four, which disgusts me to say both of those teams in my top five. Never would have thought either of them would be in my top five earlier in the season or even probably last week. But they both look really good. Uh, Minnesota's offense looks good. Dallas's defense looks good. Rush it looks, I mean, just as good as a lot of team's quarterbacks at this point so he's really not a backup quarterback at this point and then um my top three i have kansas city at three buffalo at two and philly at one so philly still being undefeated i don't see them i mean i don't see them going down to arizona and losing but i guess that could be a tough game for them and then um i mean we we talked about this offline but the afc championship game is basically who's going to play at whose home field between Buffalo and Kansas City at this point. Yeah, I mean, my top three is the same. I mean, Philly's got to be number one. They're undefeated still. They look good. Facing some adversity this week with, you know, not playing well in the beginning of the game as well as, um, you know, uh, being down, playing in crazy weather. So, uh, yeah, Philly at one, uh, Buffalo at two, and it's a close two. They could easily be number one. 
in KC number three. Four five switched up this week again. Um, you know, based on what I watched on Sunday. And I'm gonna put the 49ers at my four spot, and it's just merely because they've been there before. They look better with Jimmy G. Their defense is really uh, they're nasty, and they're gonna give teams a uh, some punishment. They're well coached. They always have a run game. Debo Samuel's you know uh, an electric player. They finally got Kittle back, uh, and then my fifth, I'm going to go with Dallas as well. Um, they just they look good. Um, the defense is really really good, and Cooper just doesn't make mistakes. So mistake free football is makes it easy uh, to win games, um, especially when you don't have to do too too much. Um, I wouldn't be rushing Dak back if I was uh, the Cowboys. Uh, and then like we said, I think the six seven are Bengals Ravens. Um, not not necessarily in that order. Um, kind of on the outside looking in, but. Um, we'll see you with this week uh, moving forward. I don't want to drop uh, Jacksonville way down uh, further. They kind of on the outside looking in. I know that um, last week was their statement game against Philly, but uh, they were playing really good in the first half. I want to really see them in different conditions. I mean, the the thing is, is you have to play in any condition uh, to be you know a Super Bowl team. Uh, we're going into the the colder weather. Yeah, and, as we get into the snow so, and stuff, yeah, how are they going to look? You know. Four, you can't have four turnovers to win game, so it shows that Trevor Lawrence is a second-year player. Um, that that can't happen, but I still think they're a team on the rise. So that's my power rankings for this week. Um, I think the the winner of the Cincy Baltimore game will probably be in our top five. You know, next week moving forward. Yeah, probably. Uh, just an just an update. The Celtics actually lost. Um, awesome. One twenty-five to one nineteen in overtime. Uh, they gave a run to a lot of different players, I think, down the stretch. I didn't watch the game, so uh, I don't want to uh, get too crazy. But um, Sam Hauser has been a bright spot shooting the ball. Again, had 22 points for us, 8 for 12, uh, 5 for 8 from the three-point line. And Peyton Pritchard, uh, uh, the practice superstar, 7 for 14, 17 points. So... Um, it seems like after halftime, the Brown, uh, both Jays barely played. So. Overtime. Yeah, they yeah they went to overtime. So. Overtime. Yeah, okay. So, uh, I mean, uh, preseason matchup, but um, good. To, a lot of people got some runs, so um, I'm not too worried about preseason. Um, that's gonna lead me into the uh, the best that we had for last week from the NFL. So, uh, been given five each week. Hasn't been a good start. I'll be, I'll be dead honest there. So uh, two and three from week four, uh, we had the Bills over, which did not hit. The Jets plus the points, which did hit. They won outright. Uh, the Denver under did not hit. Dallas minus three, and Miami plus three and a half, which I think ended up at four. Um, Miami ended up losing that game, obviously. So, uh, two and three in the week, three eleven and one uh, year to date. Not good by any means. Uh, actually, pretty terrible. Um, I got a few for week five that were of some interest to me. I think we mentioned it when we were talking about the game, but uh, Dallas plus five and a half at the Rams. Um, two teams kind of going in opposite directions and I'm surprised with the line. So I guess I probably should learn from the Miami line, but um, I'm going to take Dallas with the points. I think we kind of agreed on that one there. 
Um, the Eagles and the and the Cardinals over the over under was 49 and a half. Uh, I think they're gonna kind of soar over this. To be honest with you, I think it could be like a you know a 30 a 35 point game for one of these teams. Um, probably the Eagles. But... Yeah, I, I even the Eagles, you know, uh, favored by five. I even I even like that. I, I just I don't know, Kyler. I, these is electric as I'm excited about this matchup because Kyler's fun to watch. Eagles are just a way better team all around. Much. I, I I think they I think they win by more than five points. Um, uh, again, you know, um, betting on football is not the easiest thing in the world, but you know, from watching all these games, uh, I'm just. The run game for the Cardinals is kind of non-existent, uh, you know, due to injury. The defense hasn't been what they were in the past. Um, besides Hollywood Brown on offense, they really don't have that much of an identity. I'm just not sold. Um, yeah, I don't know. Slay's probably going to shadow Hollywood. I I'm, I don't know. I, I think that the Eagles take – I like the over as well, Nick, and I like Eagles winning by five. Um. I'm going to take the Jets again, plus three and a half. <laughs> Glenn. Well, I, you know what? If, if you, I, I like this. If if Tua doesn't play, I think. Oh, Tua's out. Yeah, I mean, he might not play again. I, don't, I mean, I mean, I don't mean to make light of the injury. In, the injury, God, if I could speak. Um, but he, he, I mean, he might not play again for a while. Like he, what happened on the field when he? Yeah, it was terrible. We had a seizure or whatever had happened. I mean, that was just that was just unfortunate. Um, but to you know, to get back to the football aspect of it, they're just I think they're, you know, three or four times worse with Bridgewater. And the Jets, you know, went to Pittsburgh and won the game. So now they're they're playing a depleted Miami team, getting the points. I'll I'll let that ride in a divisional game all day. Uh, Patriots minus three. At home, I'm sorry, but it, it, you tell me Bill Belichick's at home and they're playing Detroit Lions, I'm going to take the Patriots. I don't care who's playing. If it's Zappi, if it's Mac Jones, if it's – I mean, if it was Hoyer, I might not take this, but pretty much comfortable with either of those other guys. Uh, the Patriots' defense hasn't looked you – know, they're not world beaters by any means, but I just don't see – Jared Goff walking into the stadium with Dan Campbell and, you know, putting up 28, 31 points on the Patriots. I could be delusional. It could be, you know, past history that's that's just keeping me positive. But, you know, the Patriots aren't great. I just think that they win this game. And then um, Sunday Night Football, we talked about this kind of matchup. Uh, the Bengals at the, at the Ravens. And I like the Bengals in this game. Me I too. Think, I think the Ravens defense is very suspect and highly suspect um the Bengals seem to be clicking Jamar Chase finally had a uh, you know a decent game I think he's due for a breakout game in this in this game and if there's any team he's going to do that against the Ravens corners right now at this point are, are not good yeah but they've been like bracketing and getting crazy on but uh, on um Chase but go ahead keep doing it because T Higgins good is luck. fucking feasting so uh I mean it doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, if they go single coverage, they're both going to burn you. If you bracket one of them and go double coverage, the other one's going to burn you. Um, the key to success for the Bengals, and it has been, is just keeping Burrow up. I mean, 
Uh, you said it before. He only took one sack. They they ran away with that game. You know, he had. We talked about he had. They had 15 sacks through the first three games. Right. That just can't. That just can't happen. He can't be getting sacked like that for them to win games. I think the Ravens are going to start out 0-3 at home. Uh, I agree. I think that. Um, I think they win. They cover the spread of three points, which is being shown right now. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they hit the over on this either. It's 48 and a half. But um, I think the. the I think Baltimore will score. Yeah. I do. I, I don't think they're going to get blanked in the second half again like they did against Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo's D is a lot better than the Bengals' D, at least in my opinion. Agreed. But, yeah, I, I'll take the Bengals getting three, even in a divisional game, a Sunday night football game. Like, it, it's probably going to be a close game, so I'll just take the points. You know, worst-case scenario, Tucker hits a game winner or something like that. You know, you, you push, or, or, or in I guess in best-case scenario, you'd push. But, um, yeah, I just think, I think the Bengals could easily win this game outright as well um those were those were kind of the ones that i liked uh that i liked this week um hopefully a little better than we've been year to date that's for sure <laughs> yeah i i agree um uh, yeah i mean uh that kind of wraps up uh week four i mean do you have any anything else to add or no we've i think we've gotten a little more comfortable uh each week uh for those of you who have know us or don't know us um i mean this is our first time getting anything down recorded we kind of just do it in one take every time that we that we record so i think we're getting a little more comfortable getting a little bit in the groove um once we get into the nba season i would say we we talk basketball a little bit different than we talk football even though that we're both you know fanatics over football we're we're kind of celtics over anyone else uh as far as fans wise so we'll get into some some celtics coverage and some nba coverage that will kind of bring out a little bit more of our our fandom and our personality i think too which will which will be nice but yeah getting more comfortable um as we're moving forward and and you know enjoying it and staying focused on it yeah i mean it's it's a complete blast um again shout out to all the supporters and you know listeners and you know people um helping us and giving us you know uh, criticism uh both good and bad because that makes us better so appreciate it um yeah you know uh, nick's right i mean trying to get our personality to come across the air um is kind of difficult to do as a first time doing it but uh we're getting better each week it also doesn't help that you know we're homers and our team sucks so um you know uh we're, we're getting excited over you know guys in our fantasy team or getting mad about people on our fantasy team but not too much to be excited about from the patriots standpoint at this point um we just don't look very good. Uh, I hope we get the win uh, this week uh, against Detroit, and if not, then, geez. Um, uh, the tank. Tank, yeah. tank for a win Blomble. <laughs> Maybe you can pay, play for the Patriots, play tight ends or something. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see where we'll see where we end up next week. But um, yeah, thanks for the support. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch y'all next week. Later. <laughs>